Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 238. So thank you so much for joining us. We are back with another interview today. It is with our friend Morgan, who you know on Instagram as Morgan Stark. And Morgan has a brand new podcast that she's working on as well called Just Some Magic. It just launched yesterday. So definitely go and check that out. And we are so excited for everything that she's doing. We're going to let her explain the premise for the show, but it's going to spread so much joy and so much magic, and especially at a time like now where everybody needs that. So we're so excited to share this interview with you. So we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Morgan. She's going to introduce herself and tell us one random fact that we may not know about her from social media. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Morgan, um, also Morgan Stark on Instagram. And one random fact, this isn't Disney related, but I have been stung by a stingray before. And it was the worst pain of my life. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So you got to tell us the story of how oh that happened. My goodness. Okay. So it was in California and I was swimming out to my friends because I don't need a wetsuit. I love being in the water. I was just swimming out to my friends that were surfing and I like was treading water. And you know, you get a little tired. So I just wanted to like bounce off the bottom and like take a quick little break. And when I did that, I felt a pinch on my foot. And I, I'm from the East Coast, so I thought it was like a crab or something. And so as I'm getting off, I'm like, man, if my foot isn't bleeding, like I'm the biggest baby ever because like I wanted to cry. It hurts so bad. And I have a very high pain tolerance. And I get off. Of course, it's bleeding. And then a couple hours later, I'm at the emergency room making sure that there's no like stinger in my foot. But if you ever get stung by a stingray, put your foot or whatever part of it is in hot water and it'll relieve it instantly. People always say, oh, just pee on it. No, that's for jellyfish. Stingray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick your foot in hot water and it'll make it feel so much better. So there you go. Life lesson for you. Not Disney related. Are you taking notes, Catherine? Yeah, I need to take notes. Although hopefully I'll never be in that situation. Do you surf? Is that why you were um, out there or you were just hanging out with I them? I learned. I didn't have a very good teacher, so I don't know how to surf. No, <laughs> but I would like to. That would be awesome. Well, I hope your teacher's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he's not a Disney fan, so I think we're safe. <laughs> I never would have imagined that would have been your random fact, but no. I thank you for sharing that with us. Is that the same thing that happened to Steve Irwin? Yes. Yeah. And I will... Man. I can... Going back into the story a little bit, the I can see why what happened to him happened to him because it wasn't where... it the stingray got me, it's the muscles around it started tightening up and I felt like my foot was cramping. And then the pain kind of shot up my shin and started tightening my shin. This is not a great way to like introduce myself and talk about like painful things. But once it started getting up to like my T-band and my thigh, I was like, I need to get off the beach. Like I need to fix something. And then once you put your foot in hot water, all that pain goes away. So yeah. Oh. It's so, crazy. Catherine, you maybe need to stop listening because... I know. I'm a, like a hypochondriac, <gasps> I guess, about everything. Oh, no. So, I'm going to go to the beach next time and just think that I got stung by a stingray. And there's probably not... I mean, I'm sure there's stingrays in Florida. I don't know. But, yeah. I'm I'm no marine biologist. The way to avoid it is shuffling your feet. Because if there are stingrays near you, they'll move away. My mistake was I, like, oh. jumped on the bottom of the ocean, so... That's how you can avoid it. Well, good news for me. I always just flail around, so <laughs> they won't be anywhere near me. Perfect, perfect. I don't know if anybody remembers. This is a big tangent now, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers a couple years ago when they had the flesh-eating bacteria that was in the Florida waters. Uh, Catherine was convinced that she had it, <gasps> and she got like a little cut from her sister, like <laughs> from, a, a boogie, boogie board. <laughs> and, and so Catherine was convinced the whole way home that yeah. she had picked up the flesh-eating bacteria. Oh yeah, my goodness. <laughs> but I didn't. Good We're news. here to talk about it. Wow. So two survivors I'm talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Disney podcast. For those that are already tuning out, this is a Disney podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, yeah. So, I mean, our listeners are used to it. We're, yeah. we're all over the Perfect. place. But let's get back to Disney. Yes. And let's lay that foundation. What is your Disney story? How did you fall in love Ooh. with it? How has it grown and evolved over time? Oh, my goodness. So, I kind of have a long Disney story. Um, it first started when... Um, I went to the parks at 16 months old and I'll say parks, Disney world specifically, because I grew up on the East coast. And the reason we went down there at such a young age, because most parents, they wait till like the kids like two or three years old where they'll like start to remember things. I went at 16 months because my great aunt actually used to work there and she was not just working at Disney, but she was very good friends with Tigger and Eeyore and the country bears. And I think Br'er Bear or Br'er Fox, one of the two, one of the Splash Mountain characters. So we went down to visit her. And so we have pictures. I have pictures with her, I'll say. Um, but that's kind of started it. Um, my dad actually is very big into Disney, but he's like very subtle about it. Like he knows a lot of information about Disney and will like listen to like YouTube channels and podcasts, but like doesn't really talk about it where I'm very vocal about like my love of Disney and like wearing and clothes and everything. So, so we would go quite often as growing up, me and my two younger brothers um, with my family. And um, I think, yeah. And then so fast forward to college, um, I always kind of was like that Disney girl. Like I always liked Disney things, but I wasn't like obsessed with it. But I heard about the Disney college program and a friend that I made there went the semester before me and he's like, you should apply. I'm like, okay. So spring 2013, I applied. I got accepted first try, which is very rare. I was very, very lucky. I got put into the role of merchandise. And I actually got to work at the World of Disney store at Disney Springs. But at the time, it was downtown Disney. That kind of like solidified my love of Disney. Like, Because most people, like you think like, oh, if you work at Disney, it kind of spoils the magic. No, it just heightened everything for me. I was like loving how finding out how things worked and what goes into putting this magic on and like being a good cast member and like how the world of Disney store runs is absolutely insane. And I could go deep into that, but it's just so crazy and it was so cool. And then so continue on a couple years after I graduated college, I moved to California. I visit Disneyland for the first time. Like, and you think like, oh, you've been to Disney parks and you've been to Disney van. Why haven't you visited Disneyland? So I'm thinking nothing can beat Disney World. There's like four theme parks. There's all of the water parks, the resorts, like nothing can beat it. After living in California for like the three years that I have, I kind of do love Disneyland a little bit more. And I think it's like a cozy, like hometown. And it's more of a community where Disney World, I feel like is like New York City. So they both have like their perks. But yeah, I love Disneyland. And so... Yeah, it's just been a wild ride. Um, I was fortunate to work on the Dis Unplugged um, for a year and got to uh, report and do some amazing experiences and opportunities through that. And yeah, so that's my whole Disney story. <laughs> so there's quite a bit to unpack there. I have a couple yes. questions already. Not I, You can omit if you don't want to spoil the magic, but... I would imagine your aunt has to be pretty tall yes. to be friends with Tigger and... Eeyore and Br'er Bear. I am 5'10". I actually went to college for volleyball or not for volleyball, but I got a scholarship to play volleyball. So I'm tall and she's like a couple inches taller than me. And I've actually been to auditions and I'm dead height. So I can't be friends with anybody, sadly, Um, because I'm too tall or too short for characters, which is like crushing. But she got to do it. So yeah. And when we get together at like Christmas, when I see her, it's just her and I talking Disney to each other. It's so cute. We don't talk to any other family members. It's just us two just like giggling and chatting about like our experiences at Disney World. Since the time you did your college program to the time you moved to California, how many years or how long was that time period? Um, I want to say like three or four. And I had a couple visits since then, like um, with some friends or like I went down with my mom one time and we just had like a little girl's trip. And um, yeah, so I've been a handful of times. But when I really moved to California, it definitely like even more solidified my love of Disney and like the crazy Disney person that I feel like I am. We might talk about this more in the fast pass round, but we've we've kind of solidified it now in our mind is that for like a vacation, we prefer Disney World, mm-hmm. but like one day or like a weekend, Disneyland is just the place to be. I mean, like you said, it, there's 
it's it's cozy you it's approachable you can do so many more things i i feel like the pace is just a lot slower so we've actually only been once as adults we have flights to go in february but don't think that's going to happen but we'll reschedule that and we'll go back once it's safe but yeah i think that's kind of a fair way to look at it and it is interesting i said it a couple of episodes ago that if we had to be locals in one park i'd rather be locals at disneyland we just simply can't afford it oh i know right i know it's so expensive (laughs) here um i actually live like an hour away so i'm close but not that close i want i've been listening to y'all's podcast and i really want y'all to go to disneyland and like get a full like experience of disneyland and i don't know there's like i said there's just something about it and i love when i go to disneyland like i can run into like five different friends throughout the day where like i feel like at disney world if i'm trying to meet up with somebody it's like you have to be very intentional about it and like have like your friend location on or something like that. It's crazy. I feel that's like how Disneyland is anyway. I feel like there's a lot more surprises in Disneyland, like with characters, you know, everything is more just like free and organic uh, organic. And it's a nice change of pace. Oh, definitely. You didn't know this was just going to be an episode of us gushing over Disneyland, did you? Here we are. I'm okay with it. I am your girl to do that with. I listened to y'all's episode with Mickey's fun wheel or death wheel, as we call it. Death wheel. (laughs) The death wheel. And just a little quick story. So for a friend's birthday a couple years ago, she really wanted to ride it. There was eight of us. We're like eight grown adults. Some of us are actually pretty tall. We go on it. We're all in there. And we're thinking like, okay, they're going to split us up four and four. They're like, no, all of you guys can go in the one. And we're like, okay. All right. So we're in there. We go up and then it starts raining and it's December and it's cold. And we're like, get us off this thing. And it starts because the weight of it, uh, all eight adults on it is so heavy. We're swinging very hard and we're just like, yeah, well, let's get off this quick. Oh my gosh. Nope, never again. Yeah. For me. We'll never even get to experience that kind of terror because I don't think we'll ever get back on it. Ever. Every time I see now in Orlando, every time we drive and we can see the eye on iDrive, I just like shudder. Like there's there's a zero percent chance that I will ever go up there. Mm-hmm. And I used to not be scared of heights. And I don't know if just being married to you has ruined me or Yeah, my sister, she was there. Maybe it's her fault. It was just a bad situation all around. But so so back to your story, you know, you you kind of laid that groundwork and, and you did this work as well. And kind of your first, uh, you know, I guess what people most know you for is now your Instagram page and, and everything that you do over there. So can you talk about what prompted you to start a Disney focused Instagram page? And then how did you develop your content style from there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My this is actually one of my favorite stories because... I got made fun of for all my Disney stuff. I would, I had my regular Instagram and I was, I don't even have access to that Instagram anymore. Like, I don't even know what happened to it because <laughs> I've only posted on my Disney one, but I was posting all my Disney photos and all my time there because that's where I'd hang out. That's where I want to go on a, a day off of work. That's where I want to go spend friends. That's where I want to go eat. And um, that's where I felt comfortable, especially being from the East Coast and coming to California. It was very different dynamic and like a little bit of adjusting period. And, but I got made fun of like, why are you always posting Disney? Why are you always this? Why are you always at Disney? And so I made a separate Instagram. And through that, I just started meeting people and like following other Disney Instagrammers. And then like, oh, hey, you want to be friends? Or I'd run into somebody. I think the first group of friends I made, there was a group of girls that were Disney bounding Marvel. And I went up to them and I was literally just like, hi, I love your costumes or your costumes. I'm sorry. I love your Disney bounds. This is so great. Like, I just got had to come over and say something because there was like a big group of them that all coordinated. I can't remember what they were, but it was so well done. And then they were like, do you want to hang out with us and go ride uh, something, something? I forgot what it was because a couple years ago. And I was like, sure. And then we all exchanged Disney Instagrams and then it just it was amazing. And they're, Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the second part of the, what was your second part of the question? Well, it's just like, how did you develop your style over time and decide like what, you know, how did you get into Disney bounding and, and kind of creating that type of content that, that now you've ran with for a couple of years? Okay. I am actually like very stubborn when it comes to my content in the sense of like, if I don't want to 
take a picture. I'm not going to, not that anybody's like pressuring me to do it. Like I'm not going to do it because I feel like I have to. And I've always been like really strong advocate of that. Like if I don't feel like taking a picture or I'm just like not in the mood, I won't do it. Um, you know, I'm not been up on like trends or like when they have like the Disney bounding for 30 days in a row, like different characters, like that's a lot of work for me. And I props to the people that do it and they do a really, really good job. I love all their Disney bounds, but like, I, I'm not one to, I don't know. I don't know how to word it, like put in that amount of effort. Like I'm not going to do it unless I really, really want to. Um, and I think my content, I think the most thing I love about Instagram is my stories. And when I'm at the parks like that day and like kind of sharing that, I'm very intentional with like what I post. Like if I'm about to go on Guardians, I'm not just going to show like some random clip of me screaming on a ride. I'm going to show like, okay, us walking into the building like a boomerang. And then I'm going to show the little uh, little creatures in the Tavon collection. I'm going to show like us raising our hands. Like I'm very intentional of like telling a story on my Instagram stories where in my um, feed, I'm just kind of like, this is what I feel like posting today. And, um, you know, since the parks have been closed, I really haven't been back. I have not posted a lot the second half of this year um, just because I want to leave room for other creators to do an awesome job. And also like, I'm not at the parks. I don't feel um, that I'm doing my account the way I want to. So I just been kind of like taking a little break and, you know, this has been a rough year for everybody. Um, but yeah, I just want to leave room for other content creators to shine and people to discover them. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you have set up some really healthy boundaries, which is something that we even struggle with. You know, when we go to the parks, it is kind of that overarching feeling of, Oh my gosh, I'm here. I have to get a video. I have to take some pictures. You know, we have to lug, you know, the Brendan's photography equipment. So what is it that allowed you to kind of set up those boundaries for yourself? Like, was it a specific instance or is that just something you always felt strongly about? Um, I I think I like, I've just always kind of felt very strongly about it, but like making um, friends with other influencers, um, not saying that it's bad. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, there are some amazing content creators out there and that just do amazing jobs. But I just see like the stress level and I just, you know, I I just want to enjoy Disney. I don't want to make Disney going to Disney feel like a job. I don't work for the company. I don't want to make it feel like a job. Like if I look cute and I'm feeling it and I'm like, let's take an out picture of like my outfit by um, Mike and Sully's ride. Like, let's do it. Um, But yeah, did I answer your question? (laughs) No. Yeah. And I think that's a really good outlook because, you know, we have that same conversation too, like I said, where it's just, you know, how do we keep the magic of Disney, but also create content that we're passionate about. And I think once it starts to stress you out, I mean, I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb is you just have to look at it and say, okay, like, why is this so stressful or what could I do differently? And I think that's a pretty healthy exercise for anyone to practice, especially for content creators where it is, you know, like that pressure of, I just have to get it all, all the time. Absolutely. And I still grew, even though having those like strict rules, I think it's just important that, you know, when you're creating that content, you know, even though you may have those boundaries, you know, I think it comes through as being more authentic too. Mm -hmm. You know, you never want to look like it's forced. So I think there's a good, you know, like a happy medium to that. I wish I had more pictures before I was a Disney Instagrammer. I would literally wear like Nike shorts, sneakers. I had this like hiking type backpack. It wasn't a big backpack, but it had like a water little thing in it. That's what I used to wear. And now when I go to the parks, I'm very intentional with what I wear. I almost like dare Disney influencers to go to the parks. Don't take any pictures. Wear something comfortable. Wear sneakers and don't story. Like just enjoy the parks. I dare Instagrammers to do it. <laughs> That's why we'll never be Instagrammers, Catherine. <laughs> nope, not serious Instagrammers. Because that's how we go to the park every day. I feel like in Florida, it's so hot. Oh, you have to. Maybe that's the issue. Oh, the Florida people, I don't know how they take pictures with cute outfits. I'm like, do you guys take it all in January? Like for the content for your whole year? Like I couldn't imagine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like California, we have nice weather. We haven't been to Dapper Day ever, but when it's normally in October, mm-hmm. right? One of them. Um, there's like a spring one and a fall one. Yeah. Whoever decided to put that one in October instead of like February did, did some people wrong. <laughs> did a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, I mean, that's the number one reason why I'm not going. It's like, 
there's there's a good chance that I'm going to have to go home and change shirts yeah, after 30 especially, minutes. Especially for the guys that wear like, you know, the suits and they want to look all dapper and nice. And then like even in California, the guys get really hot here. And I think it's like April and then November, like early November, because I just had it come up on my uh, timeline of like, oh, Dapper Day two years ago, you were Maleficent. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it gets it, poor guys, poor guys. But in the winter, we're jealous of you because we're cold. <laughs> Well, that's I mean, that's that's a I think that's a very important conversation that a lot of content creators have to have. But I also want to hit on kind of what role your Instagram page and meeting people and and kind of do you think it's deepened your connection to the parks and to Disney as a whole? Like, has it gotten you to explore things that you never thought you would explore and, and kind of use the parks in a different way? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, I think meeting different people. Um, to give you an example, those girls that I met in the very beginning, I hadn't seen a single Marvel movie, like, okay, maybe like one or two without any context. And that was it. I just saw the movie with the boyfriend at the time and I didn't know anything else about it. I didn't know who Thor was. I didn't know who Captain America was. But with like hanging out with these girls specifically, this one instance, they loved meeting the Marvel characters at Disneyland because we get to have them at Disneyland. And sadly, they don't come to Disney World as often. Um, but we would go and meet like Loki and Thor. And I go to Loki. I'm like, I don't know if you're a good guy or bad guy. And he's like, I don't really know either. And I'm like, okay. But I would have such fun interactions with the Marvel characters, like going with these girls that I became such a huge Marvel fan. And I watched every single Marvel movie, I think the year that Infinity War came out. So starting in like February to Infinity War is when I gave my um, my deadline to. I'm like, I have to watch all of the Marvel movies in chronological order. And I did. And I fell in love with them. And I'm a big Marvel girl now. But yeah, so I think if I didn't have the Disney Instagram, I wouldn't have... I think I would have had that exposure to the characters, but I would not have gone nearly as quickly. I wouldn't have had that love for the characters that I do now. And even um, deep like diving into my side project, I've discovered other podcasts and other history lessons of Disney. And like, like I said, I only went to Disneyland for the first time in 2017. So there is a ton of stuff that I've missed that people my age have gone to or an experience. Like a thing that people keep bringing up is the Mad Tea Mad Hatter Tea Party or the Mad Tea Party. I never got to experience that, but I love hearing about it. And I love hearing people's stories about it. So I think like like you said, if I didn't have a Disney Instagram, like I don't think I would be anywhere in the place I would now. Oh, and especially the fact that it did help me get the job with the Diz Unplugged because I showed like my love of Disney and like how often I went, and that definitely um, helped me get the job. <laughs> so that all leads us into your newest project, which we're so excited about. So you have a podcast, and you're going to jump into this crazy world of podcasting mm-hmm. called Just Some Magic. And we've got a little taste of kind of the premise of what it's about. And we are just over the moon excited because I think it's a lot of conversations that need to be shared and need to be heard um, across the entire community of, of it's just things that we need to hear. So if you can just kind of talk about what was the inspiration, what got it started and just what's the premise for the show. Absolutely. Um, I will be definitely more in depth about it. Um, why I started it, but I will tell you kind of like a little short story about it. So, um, like you guys already know my backstory and love of Disney, so I can cut that out. But I think I always knew I wanted to do something with Disney and, um, with a pandemic happening and being at home and moving back to the East coast. And I was 10 hours away from Disney world. And I was like, I I can't go to Disney Park. The parks weren't open. And I was very, very spoiled going to the parks whenever I wanted multiple times a week, which not a lot of people get to do, whether it be Disneyland or Disney World. And so kind of having that gone, I kind of had to like reevaluate. I'm like, but I was kind of thinking like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, I thought about starting a small shop. I thought about starting a YouTube channel. I thought about a lot of different things. But when I kind of narrowed it down to podcast, I'm like, okay, there's already so many great podcasts, including y'all's Detour to Neverland, that just do such a great job that I'm like, I can't compete with this. Like I'm by myself. Like I can't compete with this. There's people that have already done it for years and established it and just do such a good job. It's not even competing. They just do such a good job. Like I want to do something unique and different. And so I don't know what the exact moment was, 
but I just wanted to like make people happy. And I was like, just trying to think like, what topic can I do? What topic can I do? And I'm like, I want to hear people's most magical moments. Like I want one like specific show or podcast that shares people's most magical moments. Cause we all see Disney and going to the parks so differently, whether it's like your first time or your like millionth time. Cause you go, you're an annual pass holder. Like we all see it so differently. And especially with like, I really want to stress like with diversity and like culture and like religion and like seeing it all that way too. And like international parks and people that live over there, like there's just such a broad like spectrum of like how you see the theme parks. And I also will include Universal as well and any other theme parks that anybody wants to share stories at. Um, But yeah, I just knew that this would make people happy and like giving a light to other people's voices, like would make them happy and myself happy. And yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to have you guys on and share your guys' most magical moments. I already got like a little teaser of that. So (laughs) yeah. Well, hopefully they live up to the hype. But (laughs) but I think, you know, there's obviously so many different routes that you can go with a podcast. And, um, you know, we've kind of positioned ourselves as that we go kind of the emotional route of of trying to... The interviews share some information and educational purposes, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our discussion with each other is, is that emotional route. And I... That's my favorite podcast to listen to as well. And I think I'm so excited to see you go that route as well of like, what emotions can you pull out of the listener? And what are the emotional connections that people have with Disney and these other theme parks? I I think it's a brilliant idea and I, and I think it's going to be a a big hit. So so it's it's really exciting. And I love, you know, just the inspiration for it too, you know, thinking about, you know, we were disconnected from the parks and that's kind of initially how we started our podcast too, is we, you know, we weren't living by Disney at the time. We needed a little bit of that magic in our life. And it's that same kind of idea is just how can we incorporate this? How can we get more exposure to it? Um, And hearing all those different perspectives from people. I mean, I think that is so interesting Mm -hmm. just to be able to hear not only what they find magical, um, but also, you know, shared experiences. It's a good way to connect with more people. And that's something that I think everybody needs more of right now. So I agree with everything Brendan said. (laughs) And I, I'm just so like excited to like bring those to light because, you know, sometimes it'll just be like, you just share it with your close family friends or share that one video. It might go viral on YouTube, but like, that's pretty much it. And, um, I've been fortunate to interview a former Imagineer. I actually was just one of my guests. We, I met her at the pool. And when she had her three kids there, we just, I don't know how it got on, but we started talking about Disney. Come to find out, she used to work on a Disney cruise line. And not only was she working on Disney Cruise Line, but she was friends with some princesses and Meg. So Aurora, Belle, and Meg. And she sang live in the the shows on the cruise ships. And I'm like, this was my neighbor. Like, how did I not know? Like, this was so cool. So other like unique little things like that. And just from like the simplest of stories from like a really amazing cast member that like meant so much to you that you'll always remember to like working for the company or working on a ride. Like I I want the large spectrum of different points of view. What is your game plan for when people tell very heartfelt stories? Because I can imagine I would. Brendan already picked a story for when we're on your podcast, just to preview a little teaser. And I'm already like, are you kidding me? Brendan, I'm going to sit there and cry. I was like, you cannot pick a story like that. It's a like, story that needs to be shared. <laughs> we're going to need like some tissues. on that. <laughs> So yeah, what's what's your plan for when people start to make you cry? Are you a crier? I oh, guess is the first question. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have. I'm gonna have a set. Um, each episode, I'm gonna have um a featured guest. So like you know the lady that worked on the Disney Cruise, but then at the end, I'm always gonna have listener stories, and so people can write stuff in. You can go to justsomemagic.com and click on share your magic, and there are some stories that I went to record, and I don't like reading them before I record because I want like a genuine reaction. And there was one that I was reading and I just start sobbing and I'm like, okay, I need to like 
stop blubbering and like get through this story because <laughs> it was such a sweet story. Um, and then I actually have a couple girls that I've interviewed where it's a very heartfelt story and we've had to like take breaks and kind of just like, you know, get the tissues, wipe the tears and then just like focus on the positives and stuff or like focus on how much that magic brought to them, even though it was a sad time or something sad that happened. So we definitely got a variety. I will definitely give a warning if it is going to be a sad story. So you can bring out the tissues if you need to. So yeah. (laughs) Well, I I do. Again, I just think it's so fascinating because, you know, it's conversations that we've had internally as well as that Disney is so pivotal to so many people. Um, Like for I know for us, for example, every single monumental moment in our relationship has kind of centered around Disney. Every time a big change has happened, it's like, all right, let's go to Disney and decompress Mm -hmm. so we can think clearly. And I think there's so many people out there who who have those same experiences. So I think it's really awesome that you're going to bring those to light. I'm just a, just a little bit jealous that you thought of it before. Ah, <laughs> I did research and I try to make sure I'm like, okay, is anybody else doing this? And like the research that I did, I'm like, I haven't found anybody that's done it. And I'm like, man, we, I just want to get to the heart and soul of like why we go to the theme parks and universal and Disney. Like I want to know all of that. So uh, the very first episode is my most magical moment with my very best friend. We were actually recorded it the other day. And it is so good. I'm having so much fun editing this episode. So this your yours episode, the episode you're listening to right now, you should already be able to hear the first two episodes of Just Some Magic Podcast. So yeah. <laughs> and so you're on all podcast platforms and YouTube as well. I'm gonna work correct? on getting YouTube. Hopefully I can. Um, but I do I have been recording a couple of videos here and there or going to be inserting pictures that people sent of that magical moment to kind of tie into the audio of the story. So little bit of both. We're going to see how much a one woman show can do. (laughs) Well, I saw the channels already live on YouTube. I saw it when I was doing my research. So even if you're not posting videos, everybody should go subscribe and prepare for when videos do come. Yes. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So, but no con, hopefully that we'll have some content by now. Yes. By the time you're listening, there should be content on there. Well, good deal. So, I mean, this has been such a fascinating first half of the episode. We thank you so much for sharing all of your story and the story of how Just Some Magic is being born. We're so excited to see how it grows and evolves and the stories that you're able to share within this community because I think they are really needed, especially at a time like this where so many people can't get to the parks and they're kind of starving for for those stories. So I think you're doing a, a great service and I know so many people are going to enjoy it. So we'll take a quick break and hear a message from our partners and then we'll be back to play the fast pass round. This episode is brought to you by our brand new YouTube channel. So if you're looking for a different way to consume Detour to Neverland, including this episode, you can go to our YouTube channel and consume the podcast in a video format. And we're also going to be putting together some accompanying videos that go along with each episode or just dive into different topics, including lives restaurant reviews, everything you can imagine. So don't miss any of the action. Search for us Detour to Neverland on YouTube and subscribe and turn on notifications today. So we're back. Are you ready for the fast pass round? I'm so excited. Okay. So we have our wheel here, not a death wheel, quite like the fun wheel, but... Before we get started though, because I know you've been to more than Disney World and Disneyland. So... What is the other park that you've been to so that we can throw that into the mix of these questions? I have been so fortunate enough to go to Tokyo Disneyland. So Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea last May. And my friend Raquel that I went on the trip with, we literally from what happened in 2020, we are so thankful we didn't push it another year and were able to go last year. <laughs> that is like the ultimate, I think, lesson that we've learned too is just that like we want to do a lot of travel Mm -hmm. and we were always kind of the people who would just oh we'll push it off like oh we'll save more money oh you know this isn't the ideal timing and i feel like us and probably a lot of people are gonna have that same mindset of we're just going (laughs) as soon as we can go and it's safe we are going so kudos to you for not (laughs) <laughs> missing that opportunity. And the funny story is I didn't even plan that trip. She planned it. And I think someone else that she was with dropped out and they were like, Hey, anybody interested in going to Tokyo? She like put in a DM for close friends. And I'm like, sure. Hi, how much is it? And she's like this much. And I'm like, 
I actually have that exact amount saved. Let's go. Like, let's do this. And we did. And so <laughs> it was very like last minute for sure. That's awesome. It was fate. Yeah. yeah. It's fate. Okay. So here's your first question. And this is going to be a hard one now that we know you're such a Marvel fan. Oh, gosh. But you have a Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. Three can stay. One has to go. Which one has to go? I'm going to get hate for this, but I don't really care that much for Star Wars. I am so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not against it. I've watched all of them. I love Ray, um, but I'm definitely more of a Marvel girl. My best friend, Sarah, is the Star Wars girl. So I definitely balance that out on my podcast from time to time. But yeah, I, I've watched The Mandalorian, love Baby Yoda, but I'm not as heart. I wouldn't say I'm as into <laughs> it as I am uh, Marvel. Makes it sense. just gets really tough because, you know, the way that we frame it, it's like it's gone from the parks and it's gone from the movies as well. It's like Star Wars. It's really only Galaxy's Edge. It's like really contained mm -hmm. in Marvel. I'm just excited for the future. Yes. I honestly true. think that Avengers Campus might be my favorite place on the planet once it opens. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're very excited for that because you're going to be local. So you'll get to experience yes. that all the time. I literally came back in hopes that it was going to open up. And then sadly, it didn't. But I am so excited about it. And kind of like touching on back what we used to talk, what we talked about earlier was like, you know, Disney bounding and content. Like my goal, and I hope I can do this, is I hope to Disney bound every single Marvel movie, not every character, because there's tons of characters, but one character from every single Marvel movie. And I've started a little bit, but that is my goal as a Disney bounder. <laughs> Well, that is awesome. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to think what like Ant-Man might be difficult. Yeah. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, see, that's why we couldn't do it because we're not creative. <laughs> yeah. You can be giant man. That'd be the coolest version of Ant-Man. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Just make like a little town scene and just pretend you're giant. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> yep. So next question is just your favorite drink in the Disney parks. It could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Oh my gosh. Okay. I would have to say I'm not a huge drinker. Not that I'm against drinking, but I love a mint julep at Disneyland. I've tried a couple at Disney World. They're just not, they're just not up to par. Disneyland has the best mint juleps and I highly recommend them if you, when you guys are able to get out here. We, we had did one. try one. Yep. Yeah, we shared one, I'm pretty sure, because we had to do that and like the beignets and all that fun stuff that we don't have. It was very good. There was the ones in Disney World, there's something off about the color. They're like too it's artificial minty green. Yeah. It's like it's weird. Suspicious. <laughs> so what about your favorite animatronic of all time? Oh, that's a good one. That is such a good one. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think like Disney World, because there's tons more there. I might say the dog in Pirates of the Caribbean because he's just so cute. He's just there, just like minding his own business and everybody's trying to get his attention. Like, oh, wait, no, not that dog. Not the one at the pirate or the prisoner scene, but the one that is singing along in that last big room with the fire who's like barking to Yoho, Yoho, it's a pirate's life for me. That dog. He is so cute and like trying to sing along. <laughs> Love him. I like the donkey. The at the beginning of that scene. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. His movements are very fluid. As <laughs> a donkey. Uh, next one is, who is your favorite villain? Oh, that's easy. That's Maleficent. Because Sleeping Beauty is my favorite princess, for sure. And naturally, Maleficent is my favorite villain. And I've dressed up with as her for Dapper Day, wore horns, and that same year... We got to go into Club 33 and I was like, they're going to make me take off my horns. Like, and I had my hair like wrapped around it. Like I, it was all intricate. Like it would have taken me a minute to like take them off. Nope. They didn't ask me to take them off. And I have pictures inside Club 33 with Maleficent horns on. It was wild. <laughs> well, that, that's that probably, so cool. you might be the first Maleficent to ever enter. I think so. That's true. It was probably not the last. You never know. But I love Maleficent because she's evil of course but she turns into a dragon like phantasmic she's just killing it and then i like that she's just like unbothered by oh i didn't get invited that's fine but i'm gonna like curse everybody like <laughs> or curse the baby like the baby that didn't do anything to her i think that's just 
hilarious, honestly. So how do you feel about the live action Maleficent? Do you like them? Ooh, okay. Very, I have a very strong opinion about those. Love Angelina Jolie. Casting was perfect. I'm not a big fan of Elle Fanning as Aurora. I think she looks too childlike and she acts too childlike. Aurora has like, she's got that nice jawline. She's a little bit older. She's kind of got like a little like curiosity to her, but I don't, I think Elle Fanning's great. Just not as Aurora. I want a new Aurora. (laughs) See, we didn't even see the most recent one. It's okay. I thought the first one was good. Mm I thought it was all right. I don't feel like you. It's just, it's a very different perspective. You know, that's, you don't typically think that Maleficent is really good. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting way to look at her. Yeah. I don't know if I like it. (laughs) Actually, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking like, yeah, the only thing I liked about Maleficent was Angelina Jolie because I didn't like the fairies. They like (laughs) changed their names too. And they made them like idiots. And I don't like that at all. I've had long discussions with my friends that love Sleeping Beauty about this. So... (laughs) Are they done now? Or they're not making another one, are they? They don't need to. No, they should be done. (laughs) So then your next question, what is your favorite sweet snack? Oh, okay. It's very, very specific. So I love getting the lemonade, Minute Maid. um, It's like soft, not not soft serve, but the Minute Maid lemonade cups, the frozen lemonade cups. But I have to get it with salty popcorn. I have to eat them around the same time and ideally waiting for the parade or watching the parade. I think that is like the best combination. So popcorn and lemonade, frozen lemonade cups. <laughs> that is quite the combo. That is. So going off of that, since you talked about parades, what is your favorite parade and the best spot to watch it? Okay. I'm a huge parade person. I will see it every time I'm there. At least once a time, once a day, if not twice, because they have them twice at Disneyland. Um, I loved the Magic Happens Parade. I was so fortunate enough to come back to California for the two weeks that it was open. I got to see it opening day, and my favorite princess is on the float, and her dress changes from pink to blue. And seeing that in person was, I was like wanting to cry. It was beautiful with all the fairies and Philip. I loved the Magic Happens Parade. And being at Disneyland often, like you kind of get to know cast members. And so I have a lot of friends that were parade performers there. And it was just, I loved going and supporting them and seeing them like in action, in their element, big parade person. But I do love Paint the Night. And do you guys ever get to see Paint the Night? We did. It's a bad memory for Catherine. It's not a bad memory. I had a headache that night. I think it was just one of those things where you're at the parks all day and I get pretty hangry and I get migraines. So it was like the end of the night, but we couldn't drag ourselves away from the parks because we were only there for a long weekend. So I was just sitting like on the corner, just kind of like with my eyes, like watching it, but I didn't appreciate it. Not the parade you want to watch with a headache. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it is very um, upbeat and they got bright lights flashing. That is not the parade for a headache. But I, like I said, going mostly to Disney World, I've only seen Electrical Parade and then going to uh, Disneyland seeing Paint the Night. Actually, I want to scratch all my answers. My favorite parade is Dreaming Up Parade in Tokyo Disneyland. That parade uh, is on steroids or something. There's the parade is so long. There's so many intricate floats that like there's so many pieces that move. There's amazing dancers and actors that are just love doing their job. Like I can say that for all Tokyo cast members, they all act like they love their job so much. And just seeing them animate and be the characters, like it was just a whole nother level. So Tokyo Dreaming Up Parade is my absolute favorite Disney parade of all time. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to watch a YouTube of that one. Oh, is that not the one that we watched? I don't know. I don't know either. We don't know the names of those. I'll send you yeah. all a link afterwards. And I'll... Yeah. Is it a nighttime or a daytime parade? Daytime parade. Yes. We'll get, that's our homework. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. So your next one is your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Okay. I have been very fortunate. So I'm in my late 20s and I've only pretty much stayed at the All-Stars because that's pretty much all I can afford. Um, But I've been fortunate enough to stay at the Riviera um, with my job with the Dis Unplugged. It actually, I got to be there for like 
the whole day they'd open covering different things in it. It actually opened the day before my birthday last year. So that was kind of cool too. But I got to stay there in January and it was just so beautiful. I love the decor. I want to like live there. I want that to be my apartment. Like I absolutely love it there. I love the French music of different Disney songs like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo in French. Like I, I want that as like a ringtone or something. I love it so much. I love the smells there. I love um, Topoli, Topolino's, I think it is called, um, the character breakfast upstairs. Yep. I love that. I love their little outfits that they wear and like Donald's a painter and I was fortunate enough to do that. But I, I love that resort. I want to live there. I need to get a DVC or something. Like, <laughs> I want to spend all my time there. Our favorite that uh, we talk a lot about, like Disney spots mm-hmm. and the little lounge that's right behind the coffee cafe yes. with all the bookshelves and everything. Yes. yes, the bookshelves and then all of the artifacts there are from the Disney archives. Mm-hmm. And it is one of our favorite spots ever. Yeah. It's a good, it's very relaxing. Oh, yeah. Good place to like just sit and work and bring your laptop or something. Oh, for sure. That's Brendan's ultimate goal. Well, you can, yeah, and you can take the Skyliner there, so I don't even have to bribe the uh, parking attendant. Yes, yes. Go park at Hollywood Studios. Take the little mo- or monorail, the Skyliner over. Perfect. Good to go. So, your last Fast Pass question: What is your favorite meal on property, either Disneyland or Disney World? Ooh, okay, okay. Oh, there's so many. There's so many, especially the fact that like things have been closed and I've been craving it. I will say this and I might make some people upset, but they know deep down in their heart. It's true. Disneyland has better food than Disney World. I will say. Yeah. Um, I think it's true. It's true. But there's so many things to choose from. But I think my favorite meal that's like year round, like it doesn't change seasonally because they have really good seasonal stuff here. And my best friend, Sarah, has to be with me. We get a Monte Cristo split with the palm frites that are so good with our mint juleps at um, Cafe Orleans. My absolute favorite thing to get. And I have to split up my friend because it's like a lot of food. (sighs) That's my favorite. That's one that we missed out on. Didn't we have reservations there? We had reservations and it just ended up that we wanted to spend more time at DCA because you just fell in love with Cars Land. And so we canceled it and left. We we actually were not encouraging anybody to this, but so we didn't get the $15 penalty for canceling within a day. We told guest relations that like one of us was sick or something. So So we missed out on Cafe Orleans, but I think it'll be at the top of our list Mm -hmm. next time. Oh yeah. For those that have been to Blue Bayou and had the Monte Cristo, it's the same over there and a lot cheaper at Cafe Orleans. So pro tip (laughs) if you want just a Monte Mm. Cristo. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for playing the fast pass around with us and letting our listeners get to know a little bit more about you and your Disney fandom. So a couple last questions for you. And this is something we ask all of our guests. And if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community and maybe they want to start a podcast, they want to start an Instagram page, they want to start a small shop, whatever it might be, what would your advice to that person be? Um, Okay. This kind of goes really deep. So it's not like one specific advice or thing to do. But now doing Instagram and my, on my podcast, I think the biggest thing when going into these, I don't want to say field, but going to be a content creator is don't look at, don't compare yourself to somebody else. They're doing their own thing. They're being unique. And just because they succeed doesn't mean you automatically fail. There was times where my close friends and I would go the exact same amount. They, we would do almost the same exact thing, but they had more followers than me. And I kind of like took that to heart. I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? And whatever it is, or I'm doing this differently. What It's not working. But don't compare yourself to that because now I've done it for a couple of years now. I have a decent following. Like I'm not the most famous and I'm not the least, but like I just enjoy what you're doing and don't compare yourself to other people. Like, if you get um, a sponsorship with Box Lunch or, or someone else gets a sponsorship with Box Lunch and you really wanted that, don't compare yourself to them. Like, don't think like, oh, like I'm not good enough. Just think like, it's not my time yet. They need, to, I need to do more for them to discover me or you reach out to Box Lunch. So don't automatically think that it's a very limited space because there's plenty of us like there's yes currently there is a capacity on getting into the parks but not on disney instagram everybody can go and everybody can share their pictures and i like truly believe that in my heart and soul like 
we all can be there and share our love of Disney and talk about it and share our own unique experiences, whether you're a Disney bounder or a cosplayer or there to ride rides or whatever it may be. I truly think that there's room for everybody and we should all embrace that. <laughs> and, and we completely agree. And I think that my kind of add on to that a little bit is that that's something you almost have to keep with you that it's not that's it's not going to be a one moment type of thing of like, oh, I've got to, you know, stay in, in my bubble and I've got to focus on myself. It's something that we're two and a half years into this and we are still struggling with this. We're still you know, comparing likes or we hear other people's download numbers and you get discouraged by it. And it's like a constant thing that you have to keep working on. So I love that advice. And I think it's something that at any point in anybody's journey in creation, you've got to keep it steady because the sad, not the sad thing, it's almost reassuring is that those people that you put on the pedestal that are gigantic and that everybody in the Disney community knows them, they still struggle with it too. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a, a big part of realizing that that's just part of the game. And yeah. something else that I've, before I kind of established this of like, you know, their, their successes and our failure, I also like keep kept in my back of my mind from the very beginning is we all started at zero. We all started at zero, whether you have 10,000, 100,000, we all had to start at zero at some point. So... I feel like I'm like teaching how to do Instagram a healthy way for your safety, for your mental health, <laughs> <laughs> which is so important. Everybody needs that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah. And I think it's one of my biggest things that I always come back to is you've got to stick with it because I truly believe that if you stick with something long enough, you are going to reach the goals that you want to, as long as you stick with it and you, you will get the following that you want, if that's really what you're after. But more than anything, you're going to get back out of it what you want. And I think it's just longevity. There's going to be many a times that you want to stop. I don't know if we've ever tried to stop, but we've taken pauses for mm -hmm. sure. And I think kind of everybody has to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys are so kind to have me on your podcast and I'm brand new. So I'm so thankful for that. And you know, you and me are already setting a good example of just like helping promote each other. We're both a podcast. We're both a Disney podcast, but we can support each other. You're, I'm on your show and you guys are going to be on my show and it's going to be great. So... Yep, we are so excited for that. So make sure, and this is a good time, if you can mention where our listeners can connect with you online. Yes. So if you want to follow my Disney Instagram, it is Morgan Stark underscore underscore. I'm not the first one to have the name. And um, you can follow Just Some Magic podcast and you can go to justsomemagic.com. If you have a magical moment or story you want to share for me to share on the show, I would love to hear all of them. Um, but you can go to justsomemagic.com and share your story. And um, you can go to Just Some Magic on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Perfect. Perfect. So all those links are going to be in our show notes if you want to connect with Morgan. And of course, thank you, Morgan. We've loved talking to you and we will be excited to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.